This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of Invest Talk. It is May 31st, last day of the month, and I do appreciate you being with me. Now, we all want to grow and protect our money. We, and we, most people want help with that, and that's our mission. That's our commitment to you. Our phone lines are always open and ready for business to answer any financial questions you might have, so please get your calls ready. You can call right now, 888-99-CHART. If you're one of the several hundred people that watched our live stream webinar last night, well, I want to thank you for being there. Uh, hopefully, you learned something of value. If you have related questions, please feel free to contact either Justin or me and we'll, at KPP Financial. You can send me an email and I promise to answer. And you can always find more information at investtalk.com. We will have that show uh, for the InvestTalk Insiders ready in a week or two just takes us a little time to get it all put together and and put up on the website. So how many financial advisors are comfortable discussing death? We need to get there. The median age for wealth management clients is about 65 years old. And people who are 65 years old do think about death. I know for a fact because I'm there. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me and it doesn't dominate my thinking, but it, it's there. So you have to have, you know, we all have aging parents or relatives or increasingly friends who have passed away, old college classmates. Death has many implications for planning goals based investing. You know, you've got to think about it. And we'll talk about it. You want your money to last at least until you pass away. I mean, that's what you need to do. Some people want it to last right up to the day they pass away and then be out of money. And some people want to make sure they give it to the next generation, their kids. Well, I don't have any children, so I'm going to have to give it to nieces, nephews, grandnieces, nephews. I don't know. You know, I, I, you know we put the, our will and trust together, so I know where it's all going. But you got to think about that. Anyways, if you want to talk about it, give me a call. But first, let's get to your calls. Our anytime listener line is always open, 888-99-CHART. And here's a call that came in earlier. Oh, before that, before that, let's go to Mike in Tampa since he's live. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Steve, for I bought a Discovery uh, Communications about three, four months ago, and it seems to um, be going down, downward, uh, trajectory and it seems to be reacting pretty stronger than the other stocks. I was just wondering what you think fundamentally and if it's worth buying more or to uh, sell. Okay. Discovery. Uh, Okay. I'll take a look at it, uh, Mike. Uh, Offers original purchase programming to the media and entertainment industries. I kind of, it's one of the, if I watch TV, I watch a lot of discoveries, discovery uh, shows. The numbers are look, Mike. The numbers look really good. I mean, when I say that, the growth rate numbers look really good as I'm looking at it. I mean, the last quarter, the the sales grew 43 percent. The quarter before that, 11 percent. The quarter before that, six percent. And the quarters before that, for a year, it was about two or three percent for a whole year. So it's really grew its revenues recently, and it's going to make two dollars and ninety-two cents this year after making. 
$1.99 last year, then then $3.59 next year. So earnings are looking really good. Uh, Well, let's take a closer look. I noticed that when it was in November, when it was around $17, $18, insiders were heavy buyers right around that price. Uh, then it flopped up to 26, and now it's back down to 21. Um, the I, the problem I see is debt. They have lots of debt. I think that's where the problem is, uh, and I'd have to take a look at it. It looks like they bought a, a, a network a, a company just recently. So I think that's what everybody's afraid of is that debt. But it has plenty of cash flow, $8.47. to $21 stock. It's actually quite inexpensive. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, you buy more, Mike, but I don't know if you buy it yet. you got to wait till it stops going down because it could go down and retest that $17, $18 range, and if it does and starts to bounce up, I would be a buyer of this stock. It's way too cheap. If it stops right now, there's support right where it is right now at $21, if it bounces from this area, 2109, back up to 22, if it goes back up to 22, I'd be a buyer of it. But as it's falling, you need to let it fall and see where it stops falling. Okay, Mike? All right. Thank you very much. Okay. So I'm talking about a few weeks, not months, just a few weeks, a couple of weeks. If, it's, if it starts to find support, I think it will. That's when you buy it. Buy, you want to buy it on a little bit of strength. Okay. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the call. I really do. Okay. Preparing for financial security during retirement requires facing reality, everybody. One critical aspect of financial planning is longevity. How long are you going to live? How long do you need this money in retirement? There's calculations for that. Now, in in writing an investment uh, newsletter called uh, investmentnews.com, Steve Gresham uh, he, he is he is a uh, lecturer at Brown University. Says a client could live to 69, 85, 90, whatever, 92. But you got to plan for longevity. You got to plan for it. And while you're planning for that, you got to think about health care costs. Because Medicare doesn't pay everything. Supplemental for the Medicare doesn't pay everything. You're going to still have out-of-pocket expenses. And I read some time ago, at least a year or so ago, it's going to be, if you lived at age 95, it's going to be a quarter million dollars from age 65 to 95. That's how much out-of-pocket medical costs will be on average. So there, there are going to be a lot of changes on your way to death. I hate to put it bluntly, but that there's a path. To, to, we're, all going to, we're never going to get out of here alive, everybody. <laughs> we're all going to pass away. So it just, we just need to be smart about it, navigate the the, the 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 bumps along the way okay we all have that it always all of us are going to face it but you can make it a lot easier if you have enough finances and you don't have to worry about that aspect of your of your path to passing away however whatever age that is and that's really what you want it to be as comfortable as possible including financially comfortable okay what are you thinking now? Why not call us with your questions? Well, I'm ready at 888-99-CHART. And our featured talking point today, can being a passive investor meet your goals? 
Those who favor it argue that markets are inherently efficient, so there is no use in trying to beat them. Okay, well, I'll give you pros and cons for that, Pat being a passive investor. See, it's been, being a passive investor works great when the market's in a bull market phase, and we've had that for a number of years, so everybody's getting too comfortable with it. Then all of a sudden, it won't work. Well, so we'll talk about, I'll give you, as I said, I'll give you the pros and cons. Some of the other topics I want to talk about. How about the, some, we had a lot of economic reports coming out this week, and I want to talk about the personal income and spending report for April. Personal income and spending. And how to get more, more interest on your savings account, more earnings on your savings account. How to get it. People have been asking me, you know, where can I put my savings that I don't want to expose in the stock market? Where can I make more money? Well, I'm going to tell you. And the 30-year mortgage, 30-year mortgage rate looks to have topped. In the last week or two, it looks like it's topped. It went down this, this week, the 30-year mortgage rate. Remember, the Fed meets in June, and we, everybody is assuming that they're going to raise the rate. And I think that is probably already built into the mortgage rates. So what are that? What should you do? What are the mortgage rates? And um, has it really hurt the housing market? The raising of 30-year fixed mortgage rate? The increasing cost? That's what we're going to talk about. The market was down today, down 252 points on the Dow, 20 points on the NASDAQ, 19 points on the S&P. And today, the worry was all about trade, where President Trump is putting um, tariffs on steel and aluminum. Uh, yesterday, no one was worried about anything. The day before, everybody's worried about Italy. It's all about politics, isn't it? No one's really focusing on the earnings and growth of earnings and sales of corporations. Remember what drives stock prices? Earnings. That's drive stock prices. Eventually, the, the price of the stock is reflected in the earnings of the stock. Okay, so if the earnings go up, the price of the stock will go up. It's just not a perfect scenario. It doesn't go up, earnings don't go up today, and then the stock goes up tomorrow. No, that's not how it works. The stock price can go up now, and earnings don't look very good because everybody's anticipating them to look good. But long term, it all boils down to earnings. And so no one's focused on that right now. Everybody's focused on the politics, world politics. National politics right now. That's the focus. And it will fade. The focus will change. It always does. Okay? 888 chart This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. And remember, I'll be in San Jose next week. San Jose next Wednesday. I got a couple slots open in the middle of the day. If you're interested, you can meet with me June 6th. June 6th. Find out how uh, to get in, get 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 to me. Go to investtalk.com. This week seems to be racing by. We only have a few more days left, so get your financial question into me. 888-99 chart. You're listening to Invest Talk: Answers to Important Questions. I've been listening to you guys' show for maybe about a week now, okay. and I'm, I'm not an investor at all. Okay. But I've always uh, wanted to get in. I have no clue on what process it takes. Get your question to us now at eight 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 ninety nine C H A R T. That's how you get through anytime. 
99 chart. Let's talk to Vitaly. Vitaly, how you doing? Atlanta? Hey, doing good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to ask you a question about uh, diversifying mutual funds and ETFs. Um, I currently uh, hold mutual funds and ETFs with Vanguard. And I wanted to diversify by going, um, maybe holding some ETFs or mutual funds, uh, international ones, uh, maybe in Asia, South America, or anywhere else, uh-huh. diversified in even further. So I wanted to find out, is there like a currently like a hot market that you recommend exploring? Well, uh, we the market was pretty hot for Europe for most of last year and part of this year, and for the emerging markets last year and part of this year. Right now, they're not so hot. Um, I, I wouldn't go there necessarily. Um, I, I might, you might want to consider Japan. Let me look at a chart. If you, hold on, if you just don't mind waiting. For sure. Yeah, I might consider Japan. Uh, they had a pretty good move up last year, topped at the beginning of this year, fell a little bit, and been moving sideways, similar to our market. Similar to our market. So, and there, I have a feeling that might that might be a good place to be. I would stay away from Brazil at this time. I'm, you know, they've broken down pretty hard. Um, but you can do it with ETF. You can do it with a Vanguard ETF. It, but if you buy an international one, I just want to make sure, Vitaly, an international ETF will include sto- stocks from the United States. and So you don't need that exposure. So you want a foreign ETF, not an international ETF, okay? A foreign ETF means they can go anywhere in the world. And that might be the best bet. If, good, if you have a good manager, he'll go to wherever is best, and you don't have to worry about it instead of you picking what country is best, okay? Thanks for the call. Okay, well, Appreciate I'm managing my, uh, just follow-up question. So I'm managing myself, and I was wondering, should I go with a specific sector using ETFs, or should I just go with a mutual fund for that country? I prefer, uh, I would prefer an ETF. I think it's cheaper. Appreciate the call. Got to go. Sorry. So where do you go for money answers? Well, we hope you think of us. 888-99-CHART is our number. You can click on Contact Steve and send me an, an email on contactsteve at investtalk.com, investtalk.com, 888-99-CHART. Every investor wants to make the right decisions. And while there are usually no completely correct answers, there are definitely some wrong answers. Invest Talk can help you get to a safer place. And we're taking your questions right now at 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Sadir in San Francisco. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. I wanted to ask you about a couple of stocks. One was Disney and the other one was TTD, the trade desk. Well, let's talk about Disney. Uh, Disney, uh, yep. symbol is D-I-S, Walt Disney. You want to be a buyer or do you already own it, Sudhir? I want to be a buyer. I, I don't own it. Okay. Uh, operates three, everybody knows who they are, theme parks, resorts, produces movies, uh, publishes and sells toys and books. It's a big company, $148 billion company. 
They're growing their sales. They actually had a surprise growth in this most recent quarter by 9%, which is a which is a pretty decent growth rate for a company this size. Uh, they're going to make $7.59 next year. That's 8% more than this year. But this year, they made 24% more than they did last year. So it's a very steady company. Uh, return on equity is very good at 21%. So the, yeah, it's a big blue chip company that you want to buy when it looks to be cheap. And I think between $96 and $99 is a pretty cheap price. And right now, it's at $99.47. This, is this stock is going to trade at about 15 based on next year's earning, and the low of the five-year range is 15 to 24, the five-year P.E. range. So it's right at the low. Uh, so I think this is going to be – this is not just yet, Sadir, but I think it's setting itself up to be a good buying point right in this area. Between 96 and 99 is at 99.47. Let it trade sideways for a while, and then I think you pick it up. And this is one of those blue chip stocks you just leave in your portfolio and you buy and hold it, for, you know, because it'll, it'll continue to do well. I don't see why it wouldn't. Okay. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, that was Disney, D-I-S, uh, Walt Disney Company. I kind of like it. It doesn't pay. It needs to pay more a dividend. It needs to pay. It only pays 1.7%. Okay. Uh, and that's a dollar. That's like a dollar seventy, right? On a hundred dollar stock, dollar seventy, and it makes seven dollars and fifty nine cents. So they can well afford to pay more in dividend. They really can. And they don't have much debt either. So, okay, passive investing is passing investing right for you. Is that what you want to do? There's absolutely nothing wrong with passive investing. What does it mean? Passive investing means you buy indexes, and you just hold on to them, and you just forget about them. You just hold on to them. And good, bad, and different, you don't do anything. So the advantage are you can do just almost as well as the market. You can't do as well as the market, though, because there's a cost. So you're going to be just a tad behind the market. Okay? So, But you can go up and down with the market, and the market has an upside bias, and you'll do just as well or almost just as well as the market. So you get to buy the whole market. So you're, you know, you don't have to worry about sector investing. You don't have to worry about uh, anything else. You're just going to do what the market does. So the disadvantages are you are buying the whole market. So you're buying all the bad stocks as well as the good stocks. Okay. And, of course, your index doesn't actually, your index passive investing doesn't really track the index. Um, um you do not have, you get very little income. I mean, the market dividend is like, what, 2.7%, something like that, the overall market, 2.5. It's not very good. So you won't make very much money as far as income. So if you're looking for income, being a passive investor in the market is not a good idea. And as of late, I'm a little concerned about what's going on with so much passive investing and ETFs. We have never been tested yet on the ETFs. In other words, remember the ETFs have no cushion. If you want to get out, you get out of the whole market. So the ETF has to sell all the stocks that they hold, the whole index. <coughs> so uh, they, they, they in, a, in a mutual fund, 
there's usually they usually have some kind of cash cushion so if they get redemptions they don't have to sell the underlying stocks of the index they don't have to sell them but an etf they do and since if there's a run a panic run no one knows what's going to happen no one knows when it happens we'll all find out together that's the bad part but there's nothing wrong with passive investing everybody loves it when it's a bull market phase which we've been in since 2009 right everybody loves it love passive investing works 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 then when you have a correction or a big uh, or bear market everybody hates it and the problem is <coughs> if you're going to be a passive investor you stick with it you stick with it you don't you don't get out because times turned hard that's what you're supposed to do. Now, what's coming up on the Nest Invest Talk? That'll be Friday, by the way, tomorrow. Nine ways to reduce health care costs in retirement. That's tomorrow. But for now, I'm here to answer your financial money questions. 888-99-CHART. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our Invest Talk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where parallel investing means that the economic interests of the KPP principals are aligned with their clients. That's because the KPP principals' personal investment accounts participate alongside their clients at equal prices and percentages. Now, let's get back to Steve answering your questions at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Ron in Chicago. Love what you guys do. I uh, just had two quick uh, value contrarian plays I wanted to run past you. One is Celgene. Looks like it's starting to put in the bottom after being sold off big time. just wanted to get your take on the technicals of that now. And number two is XLP. Seem to be oversold. This reminds me a lot of uh, big retail last year and the big sell-off with all the Amazon taking over everything scare. So just wanted to get your take on those two ideas. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, XLP is the ETF for consumer staples, exchange-traded funds taking performance corresponding to the S&P Consumer Staples Select Sector Index. So it's the Consumer Staples Index, uh, and so you're going to track that index. It peaked right at the beginning of the year, right in January. When it fell with the market on the correction, it fell uh, about 15%, and it's still about what there, about 15%. Got as low as went from 58.50 to about 49, and today it's at 49.66. Last two or three weeks, most of May even, uh, it looks like it's been moving slightly up. So it's, it has basing. It's basing is what we like to see. So this would probably be a good area that to pick it up in. 
and you can use the low that it made at the beginning of May as a get out if it, if you if you're worried if you're doing to do a trade on this. So the $49 area, if it breaks below that, then you would get out. So yeah, the chart looks like it might be finding support. And the MACD and other trading other look like it's a it's a place to buy right in here. Okay, and you talked about Celgene, and we talked about Celgene. Someone called me last week, or, or and Celgene has very good fundamentals, and it finally looks like it's trying to find a bottom, uh, but I still think it's a bit too early. It hasn't broken up through any of the moving averages or anything, but it does have very good fundamentals, and we talked about the the problems it was having, but um, it, I, I would give it some more time. Uh, but this does look like it's trying to put it in the bottom, but let's wait till it breaks above at least the 20-day moving average. We want to see some strength come back into it. Celgene is CELG is a symbol. XLP is a symbol for the uh, ETF for consumer staples. XLP and then CELG. Okay? Now, we had, we're having a lot of economic reports out this week, a ton of them. And the uh, one everybody's waiting for is tomorrow's official jobs report. Okay, we'll, we'll see that tomorrow. But today we have personal income and spending. Now, personal income went up three-tenths of a percent. And spending went up six-tenths of a percent. Those are pretty strong numbers. And uh, the expectation for spending was only to be up four-tenths of a percent. And... Uh, what I'm suggesting is here is that these numbers are telling us the GDP for the second quarter. And you remember, we're, we got one more month, June. We already passed, already into it two months. One more month. And, and it's, the second quarter could possibly reach 4% growth. Now, remember, we have not hit 4% growth, and I can't tell you how long. Okay. Usually, when we come out of a recession, even a deep recession, we hit pretty high growth, five, six percent. Then it slows down, but not this time. And there was a lot of reasons that that happened. But if we could get up to four percent growth in the second quarter, that that's a pretty strong number. Now, the Federal Reserve uses these numbers, the personal income, spending, to con try to determine or get to the per the Personal Consumption Expenditure Report, PCE. And the reason why that's important is that's the one that the Federal Reserve uses when it, when it gauges inflation. So, the PCE index uh, is pretty much exactly the same as it was in March. In other words, about 2% annual, year over year. 2%, we're, we're looking at 2% inflation rate right now. That tells you that the Federal Reserve has really no pressure to try to fight inflation because it really isn't. That's where they want it to be. And they're willing to accept a little bit more than that. That's what they said. So this is where they want it to be. So why are they raising interest rates? Well, they're raising interest rates to try to squeeze out some of the accommodation. They don't really want to stop the economic growth. But they feel that the economic growth is doing just fine. So why don't we raise rates so that they can lower them when we have the next recession? So the numbers are telling us that we still our, our, our inflation is still well contained. Uh, 
And the economy is doing pretty well. That's what the numbers are telling us still. Okay. Over the past few weeks, we've been introducing you to investment programs at KPP. Uh, you know, my balanced income program is, an, is a pretty good, pretty ideal blend of growth and uh, income. Growth and income. And, you know, the goal is income. That's the primary goal for that program, balanced income. The goal is income. That's the primary goal. But the secondary goal of growth, obviously. Uh, so we created that strategy, and it it successfully lowers the risk for those people who have lower risk tolerance. You don't want to have full exposure to the market. But you still want some because you want some growth. You want to stay ahead of inflation. And you can see a complete description on our balanced income program on investtalk.com. So take a look. Ask your questions now by calling 888-99-CHART. Stock market corrections can be a good time to assess your risks. Did your portfolio perform above or below your expectations? If it missed the mark, maybe you're taking more risks than you think. Time to take the KPP Financial Risk Analysis Quiz. It's free of charge, and the quiz can identify the level of risk you are comfortable with. And it can tell you if your current portfolio matches up with your risk tolerance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab. We're taking your calls now at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Tia from Chicago. Love your show. I have a quick question about ticker symbol SPY, S-P-Y. I have a Roth IRA with Charles Schwab, and I'm thinking about buying a few shares. And I had a question about when would be a good time to get in. And then also, what's the difference between a market order type, a limit order type, a stop order type, and a stop order or a stop limit order type? Thank you very much, and I'll look forward to your answer. Okay, the definitions of those types of orders that is at investopedia.com. But uh, to give you an example, a, a limit order type, a limit. Every time you hear the word limit, that means it's a specific price that you're asking for, whether you're selling a stock or buying a stock. If you put a limit order in, that's the price you want. A market order means just sell it at the market, whatever price you can get for at the time. Okay, uh, then there's stop limit. There, there's different kinds of limit orders that you can put in. And what they, that, you know, a stop limit is if, a, if you feel that you want to get out of a stock at a certain price so that you won't lose more money, you might put a stop limit order saying, well, the stock is at $50. If it goes down to $45, i am going to put a stop limit order at $45 to get out of stock at $45 if it falls. So it protects you against downside. The problem with a stop limit order, a limit order, is that what if it does what if it never goes to forty five? What if it goes to forty five oh one, then goes to forty four ninety nine and never went to forty five? You wouldn't get you wouldn't sell. It would not sell. And keep falling. So you gotta be careful what kind of orders you put in and what they mean. SPY is the S&P 500 index, the ETF for S&P 500. Uh, best time probably to buy it is probably late fall. 
not necessarily now. This is not the best time to buy an index fund. But if you're just going to hold on to it forever, you can buy it anytime you want. The best time to buy is in the depths of a recession, but we're not, we don't see that in the horizon at all yet. Let's go to Nate in Livermore. How you doing, Nate? Hey, how's it going, Steve? Good. Uh, Thanks for the call. I had a question about the. I had a question about the junior mining companies. Uh, typically, like the ones that are working in Nevada, like uh, LTUM or LAC. I know they're signing with uh, Tesla soon, so I was curious to see if they were going to act if it was actually worth buying. Uh, do you have a symbol? L L U P M? Is that what you? L P U M? L P U M? L P L P is in Tiger. U M. Okay. Let's take. Let's take a look at that. Hold on. Trying to pull it up. L T. It's not. It's not showing up. It's, it's, it may not be a publicly traded company, or it's on the pink sheets. Is it a very low price stock? Yeah, low price stock. Yes. Yeah. How much is it trading for? Uh, it's trading about three, about I think it was twenty nine cents today. Yeah. See, those are penny stocks. Uh, penny stocks are never a good investment. Never, ever. They don't trade on the yeah. major exchange. They trade on what's called the pink sheets. Most of them, most of them go out of business. I'd say about 80%. Every once in a while, they'll take off on you. You know, they'll quadruple and sextuple on you. But usually it's based on the story, and someone is pumping it, and then they're pumping it because they want to sell it to you and dump it on you. It's called pump and dump. Uh, so I would never suggest you ever buy a penny stock. It's too risky. Okay? That's, okay. That would be my suggestion. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for the call, Nate. Appreciate it. Yeah, stay away from penny stocks, everybody. And when I say they trade on the pink sheets, that means they are a company. Uh, and they they're, they don't qualify to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ Stock Exchange because they have rules. And those rules are you got to have so much income, sales, you got to do your books and using general accounting principles, and the price has to be, I think the NASDAQ is $2 or higher, and on the New York, I think it's $5 or higher. That, that's what it used to be. I'm not sure if it's still that. And if it's not there, you, can't, you don't get to be on their exchange. It's way, way too risky. Okay? They have standards. Therefore, those companies, you still can buy them, but you got to buy them what they call them pink sheets, meaning that they're not on exchange and you got, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans going on on pink sheets. So I'd always tell you to stay away from them. Now, how do you get more interest on your savings account? Now, we're talking about no risk savings account, FDIC insured bank savings accounts. The average bank savings account today, according to bankrate.com, is 0.09%. That's the rate you get. Okay, just so you know, on a $100, uh, $100 uh, savings, that's nine cents. Okay, that's really, really, really small. Is it nine cents or nine dollars? Nine dollars a year. 
Now, how can you get more? Well, according to Bankrate, and Bankrate.com is a really good website if you're looking for CDs or looking for, you know, what are the, the highest paying um, banks. Well, they list four banks that are paying 1.6% or higher, but the highest rate of a bank is Goldman Sachs Bank. They're paying 1.7% per year for a savings account. FDIC insured, 1.7% per year. That's the highest. Now, you have to give up some some benefits. In other words, one they don't have branches, and you just don't go walking in to get your money. No, it's all online. you got to do everything online. Matter of fact, all the ones with the highest rates are online. Uh, Synchrony Bank pays 1.65%. Barclays pays 1.65%. CIBC Bank pays 1.65%. And American Express Bank pays one6 so you can get a lot more money, but you have to give up some convenience because they don't have branches. Many of these banks, you know, they just don't have very many branches. And so most of this you got to do online, banking online. But bankrate.com is a very good place to find CD rates, uh, savings rates, mortgage, uh, how much mortgage rates cost, what banks have the best mortgage rates out there. So that's one of the websites that I kind of go to a lot if I'm to do anything financial. You know, with, you know, do I want to get a car loan? Well, what's the average car loan now? Oh, do I want to get what? What's yeah? You, it's a great place for just getting that kind of information, so that when you do get a loan or you do want to deposit money, you get, you know, you get, you get, you now have some ammunition of what is right and fair. Now, also, one more point about uh, the Goldman Sachs getting 1.7%. They don't have a minimum. It's not like you have to put $100,000. You can put a dollar in there and get 1.7%. thought that was pretty good. We're heading into the final segment of the show on this Thursday Invest Talk. There's still time for one or two more calls. So give me a call with any of your money questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99. 992-4278. Good advice. Spread your money around. Stick to a well-thought-out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. Possible by KPP Financial, where parallel investing means that the economic interests of the KPP principals are aligned with their clients. That's because the KPP principals' personal investment accounts participate alongside their clients at equal prices and percentages. Now, let's get back to Steve answering your questions at 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? I'm doing good, uh, Steve. Yeah, just thought I'd check uh, and uh, see what you, your opinion was on uh, Schnitzer Steel, S-C-H-N. Uh, I think I'm a little late, but uh, just 
thought I'd see what your point of view is. Okay. Uh, Schnitzer Snell, Schnitzer Steel manufactures finished steel products from recycled metals and recycles, ferrous and non-ferrous metals and auto parts. And uh, the new tariff that Trump is talking about should help the steel industry, right? That's what it's designed to do. They've been growing right. their sales pretty strong even without it. I mean, sales grew 45% in the first quarter, and then this most recent quarter, another 46% sales. So they're growing their sales nicely. I mean, we're talking about a company selling $559 million worth of product, and the overall whole company is worth $838 million. That's a pretty low valuation, okay? Pretty low valuation. Yeah, and I'm going to tell cool. you right now, no, I don't... Yeah, I don't think you're, yeah, it's only an $838 million company, so it's a small cap, pretty small. But this is the mm -hmm. area, The this is probably the buy point. It's, it fell to 28, and it's now 31.15. I think this is where you would be a buyer if you wanted to own this company. It pays a 2.4% mm -hmm. dividend, and that's very reasonable. I mean, it, it, it covers its dividend easily with the earnings. And it is a cyclical mm -hmm. stock, Noel. So in a recession, it'll go down. But I, I don't. I, I think it looks pretty good at thirty-one dollars. I think it looks pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for your uh, for your case, it'd probably be uh, too small a company, I guess. Yeah. Well, I could buy it for my clients, but you know their volume well, is a little well, low. The well, trade volume, more, you know, because it's small, maybe more as an individual investment. You know. Yeah. It's tougher. It's tougher for us, you know. People have more money that we have. When when a company only trades a certain many shares in the day, and we need to, you know, I don't like to buy more than about ten percent of the average daily volume of a company because I worry about mm -hmm. getting out. You know, I, I if I have right. to get out hundreds of thousands of shares quickly, yeah, that's that's very hard but to I, do. You know, if there's not yeah. a volume. But I was thinking in terms of your individual account. If, if even you thought it would be too small just uh, for yourself. No, I don't mind small cap stocks. I really don't. If I, you know, oh, if I okay. wanted to buy steel, yeah, no, I, I don't have a problem mm -hmm. with that. Yeah, Thanks for the call, Noel. Appreciate it. $31 price. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable price. We're talking about a PE that's a 10. So I think that's pretty cheap. Okay? Appreciate the call. A Schnitzer Steel. The symbol is SC. H-N, S-C-H-N, everybody. Okay, the 30-year mortgage finally looks like it topped. I mean, the 30-year mortgage went up. The interest rate went up almost every week this year. Yeah, slowly, but went up. Last week, the 30-year 30 30 mortgage fell 10 basis points. Now, that's not a lot, but it fell, finally telling you that maybe we've seen a short-term top. The 15-year mortgage went from 4.06 down to 4.15. So that fell more. But the 30-year is at 4.56%. Now, what's interesting is even though rates have been going up and up, slowly been going up all year long, really hasn't affected housing sales. Now, I'm saying that with a little bit of hesitation because I think we might, last week we saw some little bit of weakness in housing numbers, and I'm wondering if it wasn't because of the mortgage rate. 
So now I say weakness, it just wasn't nearly as strong as it has been. But we finally seen a top, I think, at least a short-term top, in the mortgage rates. That's it for the hour, everybody. I leave you with a reminder about my upcoming individual portfolio review offer. I'm going to be in San Jose on June 6th. Now, I have a couple slots open in the middle of the day. So if you want to meet with me, you can register now at investtalk.com. I'm Steve Peasley. Just go to investtalk.com, send me an email, anywhere, any way to get a hold of me. And I want you to thank you for being with us today, and we'll see you tomorrow. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.